Welcome to 9to5Mac Watch Time, a podcast series exploring the world of Apple Watch and how it impacts people's lives. In this episode, the format will be a bit different from previous episodes, namely because I've been a bit busier than usual over the last few weeks and I haven't scheduled a guest. But I also want to talk in depth here about my experience with the new Apple Watch Series 5 and the surprise release of Apple's new AirPods Pro in-ear headphones with noise cancellation and transparency, a feature that lets you hear your environment while you're listening to music or podcasts or even just wearing them, even though they go in your ears. The release of both products lined up well with a special half marathon race that I signed up for back in April and ran on November 3rd, just this past weekend. To set the scene, I drove eight hours from home in Ocean Springs, Mississippi, to Disney World in Orlando, Florida on Friday, then spent a day at Star Wars and Toy Story Land. Both were hugely nostalgia trips uh, at Hollywood Studios on Saturday after visiting the race expo. Then I ran the race on Sunday morning, which was earlier uh, than expected. It felt a bit like Saturday night. I expected to be in much better shape between April and November, you know, best best laid plans, but alas, life happens. I've exercised regularly, but I've been on again, off again, dieting like a lot of us, while, fo- while, while focusing more on my mental health and mood. But anyway, I finished the race, uh, but at two hours and 27 minutes, 40 seconds, my goal was under two hours, but I, I hadn't properly trained for that, so I knew that wasn't going to be happening that day. Um, but it was my longest finished time for a 13.1 mile run out of four half marathons in total so far. I have two more half marathons on the calendar in November and December. Hopefully I'll redeem myself in those and I'll be running each one with the Apple watch and AirPods pro, but the Disney experience was an eye opening experience, not just because it was Disney world and you had all the cool things to look at, um, you know, but, but because uh, I, I realized I need a, a better uh, routine for exercising and a much more diligent approach to dieting um, so that I can actually reach the goal of, of running better overall. I still haven't beat the two-hour mark with uh, my, my fastest time being two hours, 12 minutes, 20 seconds. That was last December. Um, that's my fastest half marathon finish time so far. But I, I have to say, I, I do feel properly equipped now to achieve that goal of losing weight and running better using the Apple Watch and a new rotation of iPhone apps. Uh, I, I used to use MyFitnessPal for, for food tracking and, and calorie tracking, and I would use Nike Running Club for running, which which has a lot of good benefits for just getting started with running. But the built-in workout app from Apple has gotten really, really good lately in the last few versions where there are features there that you won't find in third-party apps even. So I highly recommend just trying the built-in workout app for running. And there's there's um, a, a new app that I use for, for food tracking called Calorie, and that's spelled C-A-L-O-R-Y. And that's available on the Apple Watch, the iPhone, the iPad, and the Mac. And you can use Siri to log meals 
items that you eat regularly. So it's, it's, it's like the least amount of friction for logging calories. And whereas my fitness pal is, is more about logging, scanning barcodes and logging everything from that, that item, you know, whether it's the calories or the amount of fat or sodium or whatever, if you just care about calories because you're just trying to reduce that number, then calorie is a, a really friendly and approachable app for that. And you can subscribe to a premium plan and then you can get macro tracking too. Um, but just the, the standalone app is really good. It's made from the same people who make the Waterminder app for the Apple Watch and iPhone. So I recommend that. Um, I'm also using the the great Tempo run logging app from a previous watch time guest, Rahul Mata. And the idea there is that Tempo, there's not an, uh, an Apple Watch app for it yet because it relies on data tracked from the workout app on the Apple Watch. And then it interprets that data and displays it in very useful ways on the iPhone. And so you can see things like... Um, you know, a breakdown of your run and performance and heart rate and intensity, you know, on a calendar, on a graph, on a map. It's really cool how, how the different ways you can see your, your run data, not just in the activity app mixed with all of your, your other workouts, but, but just running specifically. And you can rotate the phone to see the total number of miles you've ran with your Apple Watch, which is sort of a motivational uh, feature for me to get that number higher and higher. Uh, and uh, there's one feature that I, I I love from Nike Run Club that I've not been able to replicate without it yet, which is the ability to see your fastest time for a set distance like your fastest one mile or your fastest 5K or your fastest 10K or fastest half marathon or eventually for me, fastest marathon. Um, and the thing is with the Apple Watch it it can know the mile by split and you can create segments by like double tapping on the the watch face during a run and so if you notice on your watch face that you've finished you know 131 and you're going to keep going you can double tap on the watch face during the workout and create a segment for that and then that'll have the breakdown but otherwise it only tracks like the mile splits in between 1 mile 2 miles 13 miles and so you don't get a, this is 13.1 miles, regardless of what the course says, or, you know, if you want to keep on going. Um, but I think a future version of Tempo will, will have that, that feature, hopefully. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but at any rate, you know, one of the things you experience when you run with the Apple Watch is, is that with a race, you, you've got the course distance, but you've also got the, the fact that you kind of weave in and around people. And the more people there are, the more this happens. And so I've experienced this with each half marathon race where I hit the end goal for the distance of 13.1 miles far before the, the finish line, usually by maybe a half mile in total, because with each mile, you're getting a little bit more distance before the actual like mile marker. And so by the end of the race, it all adds up. Um, and, and really and that's kind of a thing with the watch, like any GPS tracker, uh, is that you can train, I think it's okay to train with the distance the watch captures, but then just expect there to be some variance there. And so maybe, you know, sometimes if you want to work on a run, um, what it tracks, I think is pretty precise, but just consider that in a race course, even though, you, you know, the distance is one thing. The course is wide enough that you can add more miles to it by weaving left and right. So that's something to keep in mind. And then one la last app in my rotation that I want to mention is called NatBot. And it's a sleep tracking app for the Apple Watch that uses machine learning 
um, in an interesting way to try to, you know, sort of you, you wear your watch to bed and then it interprets, I guess, movement and heart rate and different factors into your sleep quality. And it looks sort of like calorie. It looks really, um, like native to the iPhone in a way that it doesn't look foreign or, or too complicated. And, and all, all of these apps work with health kit so that the data captured can be with your permission stored in the health app so that you've got, you know, one place to see all this information about yourself. But Napbot is really neat. There's no start and stop to it. It's auto detection in terms of sleep. And for me, I use my old Apple Watch Series 3 as my, you know, quote unquote night watch, you know, put my Series 5 on the charger, put the Series 3 on. It's in do not disturb mode. It's in theater mode so the screen won't light up. And it's it's muted, of course. It's, all, you know, all things to make it not wake me up and disturb me. And then I can just check Pat, you know, in the background in the health app, and then there's the data for how my sleep has been. So that's one of the things that was kind of cool was to see what was my sleep like actually the night before the race compared to what I, I obviously wanted it to be, you know, eight, eight hours or so. Um, and of course it, was, <laughs> it wasn't quite eight hours, but you know, that's the feature goal as well. Another thing that motivated me during the race is just seeing how many people showed up to run that far just for fun. Like, like not, I want to compete and have the best time, but 13.1 miles is a long way to run regardless of like your pace. <laughs> you know, if it takes hours and hours, it's still a long way to run. And, um, especially if, if it's your first one or not something you do very often. And so there were a lot of people I, I observed you know, out of, out of over 12,000 people who it was really neat to see stop to take pictures with the Disney characters along the race, even stand in like a 10 plus person line to wait and have a photo taken. And um, frankly, at first I thought, you know, I, I couldn't stop to do that because I want to get this, this time at the finish line. Um, but uh, <laughs> you know, it, it is a useful thing to pace yourself and to take a little break sometimes, if, especially if you've trained with like run, walk, run, walk kind of thing. And, um, as I grew tired later in the race, some of those people would later catch up and pass me. So they got pictures and I, I only relied on the ones from the photographers during the race. Some of which were really cool though. Um, I even saw one couple who managed to, I didn't see them in person. They finished a bit after me, but on, on the, there was a Facebook group for people attending the race and which kind of added another community aspect. Um, but there was a couple who got to ride the tower of terror, which is one of the, you know, longer line rides at Disney World um, while we were running through Hollywood Studios and they, they made it through the line and the ride in under nine minutes during the race, which, uh, <laughs> you know, more power to you. Uh, it was a very different kind of half marathon in that regard for a lot of the runners, um, but it was one that was very welcoming for all types of runners. So if you're very serious about this and you never consider riding um you know, an amusement park ride during a race, then then it's also fit for that. In total, there were over 12,000 people who showed up to run from the Magic Kingdom through Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios to the finish line at Epcot. And seeing that many people gives you a lot of chance to look around and see, you know, what watch are people wearing to run in? What headphones are they using? And I, I saw a lot of Apple Watches, AirPods, Powerbeats Pro, and even a few pairs of AirPods Pro, which at the time were only five days old in terms of hitting stores and being available to, to purchase. So that was neat to see. 
Uh, and if you're curious about running with the Apple Watch, I I highly suggest you know a find a local race near you. So you know look at a look at like a couch to five k program. Um, you know just try running on your own and seeing how far you can go without stopping. Uh, for me with running, it was it was the Apple Watch Series Two adding GPS so you could leave your iPhone behind, sync up music to the watch, and run. And, and get a map of your run afterwards. So the first generation Apple Watch, you needed to have, like, I guess you'd say assisted, G- assisted GPS. So to have a map of your run, you needed to bring your iPhone. But with Apple Watch Series 2, they added GPS to it. And so that was the big, the big push was this is a watch made for runners. And so I, I was not a runner, but to, to properly test the watch out, I became a runner. And my initial experience was I will go for a run and see what I can do. And I had been doing elliptical and, and that sort of thing. But um, e- even so, it, it took training and learning to uh, feel like I could I could run even a mile. I think the thing that I tried to do at first was like every morning I would try to go out for a mile and just run until I had to stop and catch my breath. And it would be like 0.2 miles and now I'm exhausted. And uh, I credit the Apple Watch entirely really for you know making me – curious enough to try to go beyond that and go further and discover this whole existing world of, of running and the community involved in running, um, which is, it's, it's had wonderful effects on my life because of that, both you know health-wise and socially and mentally, but, but all because of the Apple Watch. But um, yeah, I mean, if, if, if you're just starting out, you know, running or you're curious about it and you have the Apple Watch, it's a great tool that you can use to sort of capture data about your performance. And you wear it all the time anyway because of the number of other things it can do, like notifications and Apple Pay and your calendar and things like that. So you're not going to put it in a drawer and forget about it if you feel demotivated from, from running. But try to do maybe a couch to 5K or, or program or, you know, just, just go run every day and just go a little bit further each time. Um, but about about the Disney runs, you know, the thing about those are that the, the the wine and dine weekend festival. Well, aside from that, find a local race, find a local five k, and and do that because it's full of people of all different types of running, and so you know it, it can be really rewarding to do your first run on your own with your Apple Watch, and then get a finisher's medal or get like a you know the the bib number from the run and and start collecting those. It can really really make you feel good. Um, but the Wine and Dine Festival weekend included a 5K, a 10K, and a half marathon race all on different days. So 3.1 miles, 6.2 miles, and 13.1 miles. Plus there was a kid-specific one-mile race, which you'll often find those at 5K like weekend races too. Um, and so there's something for everybody at all different levels of running in those races. Plus – it's also a really cool way to get a behind the scenes look at various parts of the parks at Disney World that you can't see otherwise, sort of like behind the magic, behind the illusion before other guests show up and you get to see all of that before the sun even rises and then because of the way the race was timed and and the daylight savings time change, it began in like darkness and then about halfway through, well, I guess about an hour in, the sun started to rise and then it, like you finished in, in daylight and that was a really cool experience. So highly recommend the race, but at a, at a more, you know, 
higher at a higher level, if you want to do, I, I remember this. I remember I was getting into running with the Apple Watch, and my aunt asked me if I ever considered doing any races, and I was just like, "No way! Like I'm not. I'm not prepared for that. There's that's that's an intensity level beyond what I am even interested in doing." And I forget like what was my very first 5K. No, I don't. It was with her. It was in Miami, and uh, it was like a, a benefit run. But it went well enough that when I came home, I'm pretty sure that was my first one. But um, anyway, I've lost count of how many of those 5K like local in town races I've done. Um, and so, and and many of them come with a T-shirt or at least your bib number from the race. Or, you know, uh, the really cool thing is when you get a finisher's medal, regardless of like placing, you know, top three or anything like that, but you get a, a nice medal to sort of remember the run by. And I've got a collection of those hanging up. But those, those are all really cool things to do. And it's a great way to do something new with your Apple Watch. Um, but, but the Disney one is, is, I mean, it's a really family friendly and also just like various skill levels friendly race to have. Um, now one, one lesson that I, I, I realized during the first mile of this specific race, uh, is that I never once thought about skipping the 13.1 mile race before it started, but I regularly talk myself out of going on a one mile run or a three mile run or a six mile run on my own with my Apple watch. And, um, that's a thought that I want to remember the next time I try to talk myself out of going for just a one mile run with my Apple watch, because if, if I can show up for a race, you know, seven months out from the time I purchased the ticket for the race and never think twice about it in part, because it's expensive in some ways, then, then I should, I, I think I, I want to apply that same approach to at least a one mile run outside and so it doesn't have to be a full half hour or a full hour but to just spend you know 10 12 15 minutes running and even if you don't close your activity rings from that you've made some progress on what you can you can achieve and the apple watch can be a great coach with that and the new trends feature and ios 13 on the iphone and the activity app didn't exist whenever i first started running but it is a good way to sort of track over time your progress with running in general, and it will automatically generate some insight on on your progress from running with your Apple Watch, not to mention the awesome Tempo app one more time. Because that app, like, as you fill that app out, then you, you get a good view of how many miles you've ran today, this week, and this month, and then in total. So those adding those numbers up each time is, is, is motivational. Um, and, and one more thing to set the scene before I, I share the full story. I, I used the awesome Mickey Mouse face on my white ceramic Apple Watch Series 5 using the date in the top left corner, weather and temperature, or weather, weather condition and temperature in the top right corner, and heart rate on the bottom wide complication. So your current heart rate as it last, as it was last checked, which is for me insightful and both Mickey and Minnie, those are absolutely fun races to use anytime, but especially at Disney world. My, my go-to watch face is infograph modular. I display the date, the temperature and range, my heart rate at the large center graph and the bottom complication for launching workout app, viewing my activity rings and launching the music app. 
But I, I, I only switched to this face at Disney for the duration of the run, primarily so I could easily jump between the workout and music app from the watch face in case I needed to. But I found that just using the now playing panel on the workout app sufficed most of the time for what I needed in, in that race. So um, it's useful to have sort of a workout face, you know, but um, I think actually <laughs> I'm a, I, I switched back to Mickey Mouse as soon as the race was over and, and wearing that at Disney World feels very appropriate, especially because you can always see the white glove hands and the faint depiction of Mickey Mouse in the background, even if your wrist is lowered or you're, you're not you know, actively using the watch face because of the new always on display feature. So I found that to be very cool. I also saw some other people with Series 5 watches, and I've always sort of made a habit out of looking at watch faces when I see them in the wild. And because of Series 5 with always on display, I could see this person's using the activity digital face, and their activity rings are filled because they just ran this half marathon with me. And then I was curious, like, well, what is their goal? Like, is this way higher than usual? Or <laughs> So so it's, I, I think it's a neat thing to both share and to be able to, to see in person. So th- that was a cool experience. So I'm back home now, but I haven't brought myself to abandon the Mickey face yet. And actually, I think it might be my new go-to. I just love the way it looks with the white ceramic. And as, as a dad of two, I think they, the kids kind of get a kick out of it too. Um, now for more about the race experience, I want to share a story that I published this week on 9to5Mac on running Disney Wine and Dine Half Marathon with Apple Watch Series 5 and AirPods Pro. I think it's very appropriate for this podcast and in a week where I've been on the road and I, and I, and I, there's, I don't have anyone that I've, I've arranged to talk to this week, I think this is a very good fit for this podcast. So here goes. I signed up for this year's Run Disney Wine and Dine Half Marathon seven months ago without realizing I would be moving into a new house throughout the month before the race day. It's been a busy few weeks. I also didn't know Apple would have an all-new version of AirPods released just five days before the 13.1-mile race. The run around Disney World would be my fourth half-marathon race, but my first of that distance using Apple Watch Series 5 and AirPods Pro. While we're on the topic of surprises, let's talk about the race start time. I should have known a half-marathon distance run around Disney World would take place prior to the park opening for guests, but I didn't notice the 5.30 a.m. start time until the day before the race. I spent Saturday morning picking up my race packet and exploring the expo where I noticed transportation from parking near the finish line at Epcot to the starting line at Magic Kingdom ran from 3 a.m. to 3.30 a.m. My plan to visit Disney World until closing time adjusted to leaving the park by 5 p.m. so I could get in bed early enough to actually wake up and and run the race. As a side note, the iPhone 11 Pro Max and Apple Watch Series 5 with AirPods Pro lasted through the day at Disney without recharging with battery packs or even wall adapters. I cranked through a few episodes of Apple TV Plus shows while waiting in line at Star Wars and Toy Story rides, and I captured a, a really fun picture from the Slinky Dog Dash roller coaster that I've shared on N to 5 Mac. Battery prep on race morning. I set my alarm for 1 a.m. on Sunday morning so I could have plenty of time to wake up, have breakfast, and gather everything for the race before heading to the park. This was a bit confusing considering the time change occurring at 2 a.m., but somehow I managed, thanks daylight savings time. 
Fortunately, we gained an hour versus losing one with DST, although I technically lost one in a time zone change from central to eastern time, so it balanced out, I guess. The drive from where I stayed with family to Disney World took about 45 minutes, and I kept my Apple Watch on its charger until I arrived at 3 a.m. With two and a half hours to go until race time, I kept the watch in airplane mode until just before the race started. I also used theater mode to prevent the display from turning on without tapping the screen or clicking a button on the watch. My iPhone 11 Pro Max stayed locked up in the car since my Apple Watch Series 5 is cellular, and I dislike running with the heavy phone. There was one hiccup with AirPods Pro battery when I arrived. The right AirPod Pro reported 85% battery, despite being in the charging case, which itself was charging overnight. I didn't want to risk losing power in one earphone before finishing the race, so I adjusted my plan and packed the charging case in my Amphipod water bottle pocket with my key fob to my car and my goo energy gels. Packing the AirPods Pro charging case also meant I could recharge my earphones during the race if I had to. And unexpected connection issues can often be resolved with moving AirPods in and out of the charging case. Lastly, I connected my Polar OH1 heart rate monitor over Bluetooth to the Apple Watch. This lets the dedicated heart rate monitor give data to the Apple Watch without using the built-in optical heart rate sensor on the watch. It saves battery life in some cases, and also it's, it's, it measures a bit more often. In summary, this is the Apple Watch Series 5 and AirPods Pro status between 3 a.m. and 5.30 a.m. before the race started. The AirPods Pro were in the charging case. Apple Watch Series 5 was in these three modes. Airplane mode and away from the iPhone. Theater mode to prevent the screen from lighting up. And using the Bluetooth heart rate monitor to save battery from the watch. I could have used some entertainment in the form of music or podcasts before the race, but I just used my watch to check the time by tapping the screen while doing stretches and meditating mostly. Race conditions. The race officially kicked off at 5.30 a.m., although my start time was around 5.36 a.m. for Corral C. In these larger races, they organize groups of runners in corrals so that 12,000 people don't take off at one time. This is useful. With the Apple Watch still displaying 100%, I turned off airplane mode, turned on cellular, and kept theater mode with Do Not Disturb activated. Apple Watch Series 5 has an always-on display that can show workout stats like duration, distance, and pace at a glance. Those features are definitely great for shorter runs, I've noticed, but I wasn't confident enough in battery life to try always-on this time. I also started using AirPods Pro in transparency mode at 5.30 a.m., allowing outside noise to come through each earphone using the microphone on the outside and the speaker on the inside. I forgot to sync a playlist of songs locally to the watch to avoid streaming over cellular, which taxes the battery. This meant I streamed a playlist over Apple Music on the Apple Watch using AirPods Pro through the duration of the race, using much more battery than needed. In summary, this was the status of the Apple Watch during the race. Untethered from the iPhone, connected to the cellular network, logging the run with the Workouts app, 
using the Bluetooth heart rate monitor and streaming Apple Music to the AirPods Pro over LTE while theater mode and do not disturb were enabled. AirPods Pro experience. AirPods Pro volume stayed at 70% until I cranked it up for the last few miles to push through those last few miles. I also switched between noise cancellation and transparency mode depending on the situation. Transparency mode during the first few miles a, at, at water stations and for music performers along the course. And while approaching the finish line with volume turned down so I could hear my name announced over the intercom. Noise cancellation was used all other times throughout the race and after the race in a noisy merchandise tent with a very, very long line. I found noise cancellation mode to be most effective when playing music at higher volumes, considering just how much noise there was to cancel at the event. At lower volumes, the thump of each footstep could be distracting. I don't recall this being an issue with Powerbeats Pro, so I might try another tip size in the future. I'm using mediums, but large is probably for me. Speaking of Powerbeats Pro, volume control is the one Beats feature I missed the most during the race with, Air, with Apple AirPods Pro. I adjusted volume in double-checked modes from the Now Playing screen in the Workouts app, but it didn't take long uh, for swiping between screens to get old. You can do a lot with the squeeze controls on AirPods Pro, including play pause, change tracks, toggle modes, and activate Siri. But volume control without voice commands on the AirPods Pro on their own isn't possible. I did try using Siri once during the race to call up a specific song by squeezing the AirPod Pro assigned to activating Siri but my speech after 10 miles of running wasn't clear enough, apparently. I would love the option to replace skipping tracks with volume adjust in a future software update to AirPods Pro. Squeeze and the volume goes up, squeeze the other side and the volume goes down. In terms of comfort and simply staying in my ears, I had zero issues with AirPods Pro, although your mileage may vary based on tip size and ear size and shape. I did find myself adjusting the AirPods Pro position in my ears a few times to improve the sound, but I think switching from medium to large tips will resolve this. Results. This Disney Wine and Dine half marathon was my longest finishing time of the four 13.1 mile races I have participated in. Longest not to mean good, but, but slow, bad. For me, relatively. <laughs> Finishing in 2 hours, 27 minutes, 40 seconds compared to 2 hours, 12 minutes, 20 seconds from another race last December, but it was a super fun course to experience. Running through Animal Kingdom and seeing the same rides that I rode with my then 2-year-old daughter 4 years later really caught me by surprise. Like I had to stop and look and just picture us there and man, it gave me chills. And which which was very motivating for our ride. Other runners stopped to take photos with Disney characters, and at least one couple made time to ride the Tower of Terror during the race, while the only personal record I set was my slowest half marathon out of four. I was quite satisfied with battery life and performance from Apple Watch Series 5 and AirPods Pro throughout the race. Apple Watch Series 5 ended up with 40% battery, battery remaining, after two and a half hours of pretty heavy use, 
and AirPods Pro ended with 36% battery, battery remaining with several additional charges possible because I had the charging case with me. Carrying my car key fob and the AirPods, show card, AirPods Pro charging case and my drink pocket was no distraction at all compared to what towing my iPhone 11 Pro Max would have been. In theory, I could have packed a portable Apple Watch battery charger or wall adapter to recharge the watch back to full without going back home after the race, which would have been cool if I was sticking around at the park, but I needed a two-hour nap to kind of survive the day. I always miss the ability to capture photos on the run without my iPhone, so next time I might pack a GoPro for that purpose alone. I had enough spare battery after the race to stream a podcast from my Apple Watch Series 5 to my AirPods Pro while standing in line to buy merchandise before I actually reunited with my iPhone, which was still locked in the car. Switching between noise cancellation and transparency mode on AirPods Pro was once again useful in this context. If I needed to talk to somebody at the counter, I could use transparency mode. But if I was just standing in line doing nothing, I could have noise cancellation and, you know, meditate in the moment. Notably, I have to say that the Apple Watch Series 5 has fully recovered, in my view, from the early battery life issues that plagued it prior to the watchOS 6.1 software update. I just might try running with the always-on display turned on at my next half marathon. Really want to know if, if it can have the you know similar battery performance that way. More. This was the first race I ran with Do Not Disturb enabled to avoid distractions, but I've certainly appreciated encouraging messages received during previous races on the Apple Watch. If you run with your iPhone and compatible headphones like AirPods Pro, you can even use the new Announce Messages with Siri feature to hear your messages as they come in without actually looking at your watch screen. I, I heard from someone who follows me on Twitter, um, at underscore Franksy underscore, who said, my wife ran the New York City Marathon with them yesterday, talking about AirPods Pro. Her battery life lasted the full marathon, 26.2 miles. And she really loved the announced messages feature for encouragement along the way. So there's a tip. I still prefer to run with just my watch and earphones if possible, but maybe one day announced messages with Siri will come to the Apple Watch as well. Even without the iPhone, I did appreciate the ability to share location in the background using Find My service throughout the run, check notifications after the race, and even use Apple Pay to buy merchandise at the merch tent at Disney without my actual wallet or my iPhone. Even with Do Not Disturb turned on, the Apple Watch still provided some feedback in the form of haptic feedback throughout the race to mark completed miles, the distance goal halfway point, so halfway to 13.1 miles, and completing the distance goal, which came before the end of the race. This is my third year running half marathons with Apple Watch and AirPods, and this year there were more Apple Watches and AirPods on other runners than ever before in my experience. I did notice a few Series 5 watches specifically based on the always-on display being visible. In terms of earphones, I saw at least two other pairs of the just-released AirPods Pro and lots of PowerBeats Pro. Both were released this year. 
Finally, as a data nerd, I find that looking over the numbers captured after the race is almost as enjoyable as the run itself. And it's a great way to dive through the data and relive the experience all over again. It's like, oh, I remember what I saw at that part of the race. And that's how I was feeling. And that's what my pace was. Apple's Activity app provides a great level of detail for all-day fitness tracking from race day and good detail, good good details from the workout itself. I also highly recommend the Great Tempo app for diving even further into run data, including historical training and race details. My next half marathon race with Apple Watch Series Five and AirPods Pro is just five weeks away, when I'll most likely give running with always on display turned on a shot. Syncing my playlist locally ahead of time should help with battery. And I expect to be a few minutes faster. I'll report back after the run. All right. Thanks for listening to 9 to 5 Mac Watch Time and following along with my journey and conversations with other people who share a real appreciation for the Apple Watch, probably like you do. If you enjoy 9 to 5 Mac Watch Time, the only thing I ask you to do is to please share the podcast with a friend or family. Remember, that's, that's the best way for more people to discover this show. And I'm very proud of this podcast series. When I meet people and they ask what I do, I mention 9to5Mac, but I, I often jump to this podcast series because it's just one of the things I'm, I'm most proud of. Sort of, I've wanted to do it for a while, and, and it's a passion of mine to talk about this stuff. So I'm so grateful that there's an audience here to listen to me talk about this stuff. Uh, and, I, and I'm grateful for each listener who has tuned in every two weeks to hear these stories. 9 to 5 Mac Watch Time will return on Wednesday, November 20th with a great new episode and more stories to share. I will see you all then.